Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hour number two of three hours today on game days. We're going noon to three. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you along with our engineer for the last 14 seasons, at least that I've had the privilege of working uh, the broadcast down here in Calgary. John Bruins back in the 630 Chad studios is Brendan Escott. This is Oilers Now for Digitex, digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Evander Kane, we are going to run his availability as soon as it gets posted. He was bringing it today. Uh, Said that uh, I like our chances if we don't give up nine goals. I was asked about uh, the impact of Milan Lucic, and he basically said we welcome Milan Lucic uh, being on the ice whenever he's on the ice. Uh, and then uh, was asked a question about the fact that the Flames got some hits on Edmonton's top players, and Kane said, uh, if they target our stars, we have to target their stars back. Something to that effect. Hmm, it's getting spicy. All right, orders now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Boom. Let's get right into the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. The River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. Craig Simpson uh, used to do, a, a, I don't know if he still does his annual golf tournament, but he used to, I think he had a, a shaker to wrap the event up out at the River Cree, if I recall correctly. We welcome back to the show from NHL Hockey and Rogers, their lead color analyst, working the Battle of Alberta. Uh, the first one in 31 years, and he played in the last one. We welcome back to the show, Craig Simpson. Hello, Craig. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I was, uh, well, I mean, let's be honest. It wasn't a stellar performance from Edmonton the other night. It was highly entertaining, though, Craig, wasn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, it was a bit of a shocker to start. Uh, I think everybody was focusing on how important the start would be for Edmonton. Calgary's had a, a good reputation of starting quickly, jumping on you. But, uh, you know, to, to have to waste your time out 51 seconds in, I, I think you look at the faces on the bench uh, to start that game. It, it was a bit of a, you know, get knocked down to the mat early on and have to dust yourself off and get back into the game. And so, you know, it's another lesson learned. It's another experience that you put in the memory banks and hopefully learn a little bit from it. But uh, in essence, they had they had the game, you know, back in their back pocket and had the opportunity, as I heard you with Elliot a little earlier, the opportunity to win a game that you probably never should have. And I, I thought the most damaging goal was the Rasmus Anderson goal, a minute 29 after Yamamoto ties it. And you, you just can't allow that to happen. And of all the goaltending issues that happened in that game, you know, that goal is one that your goaltender's got to make a save. And that's a, a play that ends up costing you what could have been a huge momentum swinging uh, win in game one. Yeah, Craig. I, and again, I looked right at Jack right after the goal got, you know, settled down after the Yamamoto goal. I said, Jack, they got to keep this game even for the next four or five minutes of, of yeah. time, you know, because if they don't, 
it could suck the life out of the more. I mean, you've come, you've fluked off. They fluked off. I mean, when are yeah. you going to see Markstrom give up three horse crap goals like that? And he did, and he gave him a puncher's chance. So, uh, you've been involved. In, do, you, do you recall any games like that from your playing days? I'm trying to think back to the. We'll get to the 06 series, and uh, yeah. you're running 06 in a second. But do you recall any games like that during your playing days that had that I wide see- rate? I think we lost one in Winnipeg. I'm not sure if it was a playoff. I doubt it was then. But uh, we had a 4 nothing lead in complete control of the game, and it just evaporated on us. And, you know, it's, it's a bit of a shocker when that kind of thing happens the opposite way. Uh, and so, you know, it's damaging when you lose a game like that. As, it, as I said, it would have been for Calgary coming off with a perfect start to that game. So, you know, I, I think like every playoff I listened to the guys talk. Uh, I think three players I heard in the off day yesterday say, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 9-6 and we lost them 2-1 in overtime. They got one, we got none, so we got to move on. So you, you do have to sort of clear the memory banks a little bit, but if nothing else, it's one of those moments that teaches you the importance of being ready to play and being ready to play from the first shift. Uh, I was saying on the broadcast, I love the fact that both coaches put the top lines out. You know, those are incredible years by you know we got four of the top eight scores in the national hockey league starting in game one and well 26 seconds later it was in the back of the net so you know that's got to be something you learn from and that's got to be something that you're prepared for here in game two all right craig uh the order when you played the battle of alberta you guys could sit there and throw down with any team in the league when and i know the game was different Okay, but Calgary and Minnesota have been teams that have challenged Edmonton physically. And the Oilers, in Minnesota's case, I don't think Edmonton gets up to play Minnesota. It's the Battle of Alberta. I mean, you're judged on how you play in the Battle of Alberta, aren't you, Craig? Yeah, absolutely. And I I agree with Daryl Sutter's comment yesterday. He thought it was a no-hitter, and I did too. I think it was low 20s. Uh, for hits on both sides, you know, you go back to 91, I guarantee you there was more than 20 in each period. Oh, yeah, and, it was uh, over 100 a game. Over yeah, 100 a game. And, and so I, I did feel that very much, too. And I, I think the narrative, you know, it's a, it's a talking point, I guess, okay, Calgary's a more physical team, but I didn't think it was one of those more physical games that could give you any problems. So I think the mindset again, uh, and I, again, I heard you talking with Elliot saying, you got to go with the strength of your team. And the one thing that, you know, really struggled for Edmonton and Jay mentioned it is things crept back into their defensive game that he hadn't seen in a few months. And, you know, Bob had been saying this about this team for years once they learn how to play a defensive game and learn how to be, you know, uh, have good structure, that's when they're most effective. So that'll be sort of condition number one going into game two is to be a much better with your structure defensively. But I don't think you get yourself worked up about the physical part. I think look at the Calgary Flames. Matthew Kachuk has six hits registered anyways in eight games and Connor mcdavid has 26 he has more four more uh, hits than anybody on the calgary flames 22 is dylan dubay as their leader so you don't need to listen to a narrative that you're getting run out of a building or you're getting out physical played i just think you have to do what you do well and that's push the puck possession game push the speed of the game 
if they're going to come in and forecheck hard, you have to be able to execute a couple of good short yeah. support passes and get going the other way. As soon as you create a few two-on-ones or three-on-ones off of that pressure, that just changes the game. And that's the strength of the Oilers when they're playing well. And that's the mindset I think that they have to get back to here in game two. Former Oiler player and coach, current analyst Craig Simpson joining us. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Craig, what do you recall about your first experience in the Battle of Alberta as a player when you came over from Pittsburgh? Well, I, I think, you know, regular season there was an intensity to it and obviously, you know, a lot of emotion to it as well. But the playoff series, you know, going in in 1988, uh, Calgary was a better team during the regular season. I just remember the focus of the group was, you know, that was a second-round matchup like this. And honestly, it was the Stanley Cup. I mean, that team of ours, I was a 21-year-old in my first playoff experience. They were the three-time, you know, Stanley Cup champs in the last four. The focus of we got to beat Calgary and we're going to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, the closeness of those games, we tied it late in game one and scored late to win it. Everybody remembers Wayne in, in overtime shorthanded goal. Those are the, the moments that are sort of burned in my memory of just how important it was to beat a good team. And that's what I thought was really uh, endearing about this year's matchup. You got a 111-point team in Calgary, a 104-point team yeah. in, in Edmonton. It, it means something now. I mean, you're going to be, at the end of this series, eight wins away from winning a Stanley Cup. And that's got to be the most uh, motivating and driving factor that allows this series to really take off here, starting with Game 2. We do have the Hall of Famer Kevin Lowe coming up in the next hour, Craig, but I'd be remiss without asking you about the 91 series. Uh, as yep. you know, I, I worked up north with a bunch of guys from all gals all across the country, and they were staying up late to watch you guys in 91. The Flames had won in 89, you guys had won in 90. I thought that was the hardest-hitting, nastiest yeah. of all of the. It was roller ball on ice, no country for old men hockey. What was it like to be a part of it? Because that, to me, was a far more uh, physical and uglier and brutal series than the one you guys played in 88. Oh, totally. It was a completely different series, uh, partly just because of the different characters involved and you know, we weren't quite as a dynamic a team as we were in 88. They were a good team, but a disappointed team having, you know, lost the year before to L.A. as defending champs. We win in 90. You know, it's, it's again, one of those first-round beauties that you just say everybody's got energy, everybody's starting fresh, and from the puck drop of game one, you knew that if you were anywhere near the puck, you were going to get hit. And if you were anywhere near getting to the puck, you were going to have to deliver a hit. And, you know, of all the series I've been involved in as a player, that was definitely the most physical, most challenging, uh, most difficult one to win. And I think that's what makes it a real classic. And neither team took a back seat. Uh, there was punch, counter punch, not literally, but figuratively. And, yes. you know, over overtime goal in game six to win it, down three, nothing on the road, game seven, and, and then coming back to get to overtime again. And then, you know, of all things, that's a, to get a hat trick goal in overtime to finish your provincial rivals. I just had a little bit of everything. I think Chris Cuthbert said yesterday, her last game, watching the goal by Tikkanen and the reaction coming off the bench, Mets could barely, yeah. you know, get himself 
onto the ice into the celebration. And that, to me, is what every great series has. You know, you leave it all out there on the ice. You barely have the energy to celebrate at the end. And uh, that's what 1991 sort of sticks out in my mind, just how difficult a series it was. Craig Simpson joining us. Craig, you were part of the coaching staff in 06, and I, I know that I've patted myself on the back 7,433 times now over the last uh, 16 years as one of the guys that called you to beat Detroit. I thought you guys were all wrong for Detroit in that series. But I remember the first two games in San Jose, and they had a good team. They had a real good, that was the year that Thornton, you know, won the scoring race and everything, and they beat you guys in the first two games, and they're, like, John Sex was a buddy of mine, you know, he came back, and you know, he played hockey himself, he's got a son in the Western League now, and he was like, Bob, there's no way they're beating uh, San Jose, and I'm like, well, wait a sec, I mean, there was a big moment in game two, did you guys believe you know, a couple bounces, and you're going back to Edmonton, in, in specifically in the round two series against San Jose, because there were some people that wrote you off after two games. Yeah, I, I think that's a good reminder tonight, too, because you never know what, you know, how the script is going to be written tonight. You could have your best game and still lose and be down two to nothing, and that that is the reality of playoff hockey that you have to be able to believe that you still, you know, your will to win doesn't get destroyed. That that's good teams have that ability. You know, when you when you lose two on the road, can you keep the will that you have? You know that you're a good enough team. You got to believe in yourself. And I, I think our group believed that. And part of that was the growth of what they believed from round one. I, I remember saying, I think to you on one of the shows, that in Game Five in Detroit, when we started taking over the game in like the yep. second period. And I can remember just the feeling on the bench of the players, that even some of the talk on the bench that they felt we're a better team. Like we, we can beat these guys. And until you get to that feeling collectively as a group and the belief on the bench, you know, that's when all of a sudden you become powerful. So I think that taught us a lot losing those first two games in San Jose, coming back and being at the top of our game back in Edmonton. But you got to remember, you still need incredible moments. Like, what was it, triple overtime or yep. double overtime? Triple. Uh, triple. Yeah. triple game and, three. Uh, and I remember to tie it up, I think uh, Sammy Samsonov came out of the bench and got a long uh, stretch pass and came in to score to tie it to get us to overtime. And so, you know, even though you, you are able to come back, you still need magical moments to make it possible. And that, that's the greatest thing about, uh, you know, put shivers on my uh, on the hair of my arms uh, talking about it because those are the moments that make playoff hockey so great. And tonight, tonight, tonight that somebody on the Edmonton Oilers or somebody on the Calgary Flames needs to produce that kind of a moment to, to start writing your own history. And I think that's what's exciting for both these teams at this stage uh, in their lives. All right. Uh, two more for you, and we're going to circle back to the Oilers uh, Calgary with the last question. But, you, you you know, you worked a lot of Maple Leaf games this year with you and uh, Chris. Yeah. Um, I... I I'm torn on this one because, you know, I, I don't like some of the pontification that comes from, and it's a small percentage of the media, you know, oh, McDavid's going to bail out of here and all this other stuff. And and so I know there's some Oilers fans that aren't disappointed Toronto lost, but I have some empathy for the Leafs because I actually thought they might have deserved a better fate. But you watched every minute of that series. What did you see there? I just think that, again, it's those moments that they haven't been able to create. They haven't been able to take that 
maybe it's one shift at a critical time in a tie game to get the goal that you need to push you over the edge. You know, that that is what that team's been missing. They're, they're now 0-10 in uh, elimination games. They have the opportunity to eliminate a team. And that that is something on your resume that you just don't want. And they haven't had that cachet to make that big play. And you got another opportunity like they did last year, up 3-1 to one against Montreal, couldn't finish it and end up losing a heartbreaker at the end. Same this year. You had a chance to knock off the defending twice champs and you had two punches to do it and you couldn't. So, you know, you do need that special moment and they for now five straight years have had the opportunity and no one's been able to, to you know, knock down the wall to get through to the other side. And that that's probably the most gut wrenching for those players, but it's something that's definitely missing in in that group. All right, Craig, I'll have some fun with you here. We're both roughly of the same vintage. Uh, I, no one would ever mistakenly call you a has-been. You were a big part of the Oilers' championships in 88 1990. I, on the other hand, was a never-was. But I have uh, we, we see things, I, I think, somewhat alike, with the exception of Eric Lindros. I'm going to circle back to this series and Connor McDavid. The elevation that he had uh, starting in the third period of Game 5 and then the play in Game 6 and Game 7, and he was by far Edmonton's best player in Game 1. This guy truly is a spectacular player, isn't he? Yeah, and that's, I guess, what I'm saying about creating and understanding your position in creating those moments. I mean, he, he willfully wasn't going to allow his team to not get to the second round this year. And, you know, you can say, okay, he's an important part, but it's it's the energy that it takes to get there. It's knowing that everybody's going to be focusing on you and still having the ability to push through that and, and raise your game to another level. And so, you know, I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed my life of in hockey of playing with some incredible athletes and playing with, you know, Mario to start and then Wayne and then Mark Messier as my center. And as the player on that team and a player on this team now, I'd look at my captain and say, what can I do to raise my game? I, I can't be Connor McDavid, but I can be the best me. And that'll make a difference. I, I think if I'm a player on this team, this version of the team, I'm looking at my captain saying he's not going to let us lose. He's going to find a way to try to get us to that next level collectively as a group. So you as an individual got to find a way to be better than you've ever been. That's what Glenn Sather was excellent at, at pushing the buttons of all the, you know, other players around because he had the great stars. Well, don't waste an opportunity of the game's greatest star right now. It's your job as a, as a teammate of his to find a way to play better than you ever have. And I think that's what's so exciting. Like, to me, McDavid is a guaranteed couple of points a night. And on big nights, he might get four or five, and that might be the difference. But I think it, the, the onus now is on his teammates to follow suit and get their game to a level that they've never gotten to before. Craig, stellar stuff. Appreciate your time. All right, man. Take care. That's Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Hockey Night in Canada. Japanese Village opened a survey to any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. Tell Don and his staff that orders now sent you. We'll squeeze in a couple texts when we return. It's 126 in Edmonton, live from the Saddle Dome on orders now. 
Three hours from the Scotiabank Saddle Room today. Coming up at 135, you. You can call in on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. That number again, 780-496-0063. And you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Same number, 780-496-0063. Did you have fun in game one? Were you angry or did you enjoy the moment in the game that was? And have you lost faith or do you see it as a best of seven, not a best of one? Again, you can jump aboard on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The Vehicle Pipeline is moving our friends at Brent Ridge Ford. They've got a few units in stock. they got more on the way. You can check in with Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. These guys helped me out today, by the way. Put a call in from Calgary, and they looked after me. Uh, if if uh, they don't have the right unit for you, they can go and order you one and get the specifications that you want. Uh, if you want to be treated fairly and buy a vehicle and get an outstanding uh, and deal with an outstanding service department as well, reach the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, one eight seven seven four seven seven Ford. That's one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. It is one twenty nine in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, and then we come back with you on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. The number again seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.